Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact, and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. Get ready for a candid combo with us, Nicole and Kate. Throughout this podcast, we'll be sharing our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest combos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. All right, Nicole. Oh my goodness. Do we have a doozy on our hands today? We are going to be talking about getting older, a topic that uh, many people probably don't love talking about, but we're just going to go ahead and dive on in today. What do you think? Yeah, it's true. Probably it's not one of the most... um Yeah, exciting topics, but I think it's one of our constants, right? It's something that we do think about throughout our lives. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this. I think it's um, I think it's important, and um, and I know we're different ages. I'm forty. Oh my god, I have to think about it. Yeah, I'm forty three. Well, because I always (laughs) age myself. I always say the age that I'm turning. As soon, like even as soon as I turn that age, I'm like, okay, I'm next year's age, which is really weird. Um, so I'm for, I'm 44. No, I'm 43. So <laughs> <laughs> there, you did it. <laughs> there you go. I did it. Um, and so I want to ask you: Do you feel old? Okay. Well, since you shown your age already, um, I'm 38 and I do the exact same thing. Sometimes I have to remember the year that I'm born and then like count myself because I tend to, I feel like once I turned 30, it was kind of, it was different. I didn't, I always, I remembered my age exactly before I was 30. For some reason, once I turned 30, like when I was 31, 32, 33, like I really had to think about it. I'm 38 now. (laughs) And I, I don't feel old. I feel awesome. I feel healthy and like I'm in great shape. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are certain things that uh, remind me that I'm getting older. And I know we'll talk about those a bit, but I don't like wake up with aches and pains. Um, I feel like I do, I'm a very active person and I feel like I'm living a great life. I'm so grateful for my health, um, especially because I've seen and had a lot of friends and family members who have gone through health struggles and challenges. And, you know, I, I'm, I think it makes me extra grateful and aware of the fact that I do feel great and I'm so appreciative of that. I don't want to take that for granted because I can see how quickly even someone my age or younger than me even um, can, you know, get like crazy news that they never would have expected. And so, yeah, I I feel pretty darn awesome. What about you? Yeah, that's like, I, it's funny that in the, when I asked you, you were like, okay, well, now that you've revealed your age, which I think is funny because I don't know about you, but when I grew up, it it was one of those things where, I don't know, and maybe women still do this. They're kind of hesitant to say how old they are. And I think there could be lots of reasons for that. But I don't, 
I think, you know, if I think in my 20s, I would have probably thought that once I'm in my 40s, I'll feel old. But um, you said something that makes me think, you know, when you wake up, do you wake up with aches and pains? How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? And so I was thinking, well, do I feel any different now than when I woke up, like when I was in my 30s or in my 20s? Do I have like the same? Because for me, an indicator is how you wake up, how much energy you have. Um, And to be honest, like I have the same level of energy when I wake up when I did in my 20s and my 30s. But having said that, I need, like I will get more tired in the evening. So I feel like I can do... I need more sleep now. Like I think when I was in my 20s, when I was in my 30s, I could probably, if I didn't have enough sleep that night, I'd be fine. Now I'm probably like, oh, no, I feel it. That's probably the only difference. But otherwise, like you, I feel like I'm much healthier than when I was in my 20s. Like I feel like I take care of my health um, better. Um, I'm far more active so yeah, those kinds of things where I thought probably in my twenties, I would have thought, oh, by the time I get to my forties, I'll wake up with, you know, with those aches and pains and I won't have as much energy. That's not, that's not the case, which I think is awesome. Yeah. I, I do feel though that there are certain things where <laughs> different activities, right? I mean, <laughs> like you, when I was in my twenties, you know, I would stay out until like three in the morning and then I wake up at six o'clock and go to work. I don't know yeah. how I did that. <laughs> I yeah. did it. I could not do that now. So yeah, that's one thing. Then another thing too is like, I, I do have weird uh, like health things crop up where I just never, I, I never had that before. So for example, mm-hmm. if I go on like a really long run or a tough hike or something like that, maybe I'll be sore a little bit longer than I used to mm-hmm. be. Right. Or like, this morning I was playing tennis and I knew exactly when it happened. Like I, I was sprinting to hit this ball and I hit it like really awkwardly thinking that I could get it back over the net. And like immediately I could feel in my shoulder, like, Ooh, I should not have done that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that because of my health and everything and, and how conscious I am about like stretching and I work out every day and I eat the right foods and all of this stuff. Like my body does still recover from it, but I would probably would have never felt that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, for example. But there are also certain things that kind of, we talked in an earlier episode about deciding whether or not to have kids. Mm. And I've been doing a lot of research on that because John and I have decided to try and have children. And a term that keeps popping up because of my age, I'm 38, is that I will have a geriatric pregnancy. Uh, and I, uh, no. I'm just like that. What is up with that? What? Like <laughs> Geriatric pregnancy? That sounds very old. <laughs> and I do not feel very old. Um, so it's just sometimes terms that are thrown around with age mm. or like being over the hill at what is yes. that 50 that you're like over the hill? I, I don't even know. I, yeah, I think but it's over fi- the, yeah. yeah. But it's just like, that's kind of a ridiculous saying, right? Mm-hmm. Because 50 years old is not old at all. Yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe true. Maybe we start to think that the older we get. Because I'm like you, when I was 20, I'm like, 40 is so old. <laughs> yeah, that that is a good point. Like, I remember thinking, yeah, 40 would be old. But now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, 60 is not old. Like, my mom just turned 79. I'm like, okay, maybe wow. 79, 80. Okay, 
think that's old, but 60 is not old. But I'm sure like in my 30s, I would have thought 60 would be old. Uh, yeah, the perspective really changes because I, I remember thinking my, my grandparents, like grandparents to me are old, right? Mm-hmm. Grandparents, just like as a term, if you're a grandparent, you're old. I've met so many people who are grandparents now where I'm like, no way are you a grandparent that you're like way too youthful and young. And, and, but thinking when I, when my grandparents were still around, they were in their eighties and that seemed really old to me. But now I'm at an age where my parents are like your mom just turned 79 and my parents are approaching that age. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it just doesn't. It's like I haven't caught up to it or something. Like yeah. it, it doesn't register for me yet that I am now where my parents were when I would think about my grandparents <laughs> yeah. being old and now my parents are the grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Interesting. Oh. What do you think about like, so uh, I think that there are sometimes assumptions that we make about people in their age. I've found this when the community that we live in, in in Palma Selmar here in Puerto Rico, I was just chatting with a friend of mine the other day, and I think she might have asked me how old I was, which to your point earlier, I'm very happy to disclose my age. I'm not, I'm proud of it. I'm 38. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny because never, I've, I guess previously I've just tended to always hang out with people who are generally my age. Like, you know, you're in high school and you're in college and you just trend towards, you're around people Mm -hmm. who are by default your same age. Here, people are all different ages. Um, You know, I have friends who are in their 20s here and I also have friends who are in their 60s. Some of our closest neighbors and friends here are in their 80s. They're 86 and 87. But I never hang out with someone who's 25 or 55 and think about the fact that they are 25 or 55. I'm just hanging out with an amazing person who I enjoy spending time with and who I like being around. And that's in Puerto Rico. Do you, and, but you wouldn't, that's different to maybe when you, were hang, when you were in San Diego? Well, no, I just think that maybe previously I was just never exposed to hanging out with people of different ages. And now I do, but it makes mm. no difference. I, I never think about it. And I guess maybe I thought that I would think about it. Mm. I assumed that if I was hanging out with someone who was 50 or 60, I, I would be like conscious of the fact that I was hanging out with someone who's 50 or 60. And and I'm not. Like yeah. I'll spend time with people. And, I, and age never is a thought. Whereas before, I guess I would have thought that it would be. I don't know why. I don't. Mm. <laughs> I guess because we make assumptions that when we're in our thirties, that maybe we wouldn't hang out with people in their fifties or in their sixties. Like you know, when you're in high school, like it's not cool to hang out with people your parents' age. You know, yeah. you're like, mom, dad, I don't want to hang out. Like, get away from me. <laughs> but I certainly don't feel that way now. I don't know. Did you used to hang out with uh, like? Mm, I think when I was in my 20s, I did have friends who were in their 30s and I remember kind of admiring them. There was definitely a difference. I think I was conscious of the fact that they were older, but it didn't impact our friendship. I didn't feel like hanging out wasn't um, fun or that it was awkward in any way. I suppose sometimes I was reminded that there was an age difference. Maybe, you know, they were more established, like they'd already bought a house or 
they were, you know, at a different point in their career. So those kind of things reminded me like, oh yeah, there's an age gap and I have to catch up. But, and I feel like now that I'm in my forties, I do have friends like through flamenco through that are younger and I, you know, that are in their late twenties, which I guess now I'm on the other side of when I was in my twenties, hanging out with people who were in their late thirties or forties. And yeah, it, it doesn't, I don't know. I don't think about it too much, which I think is good. I think it's a good thing not right. to think about it, not to so, sort of like make it an, like an impediment to being friends just because there is an age gap. But, um, and I do well, even, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm sort of, I guess I do sometimes hold myself back. I don't want to be that person that says, Oh, when you get to this age, like if I do <laughs> ever catch myself saying stuff like that, it bothers me. It bothers me that yeah. I will refer to age because I really don't think it should matter. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think as women, I, we're probably a little bit more aware of it because there are those markers. Like I know when, you know, you just, you brought up, you know, pregnancy, those things are really kind of, um, markers in a woman's life that you know are very defined by age and I would love to Mm -hmm. kind of be in a world where it doesn't matter where it's 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 cool to get older like I do think we oh I don't want to start ranting but I do think there's such an emphasis on youth and in society in you know in media and all the messaging that we get that youth is so you know highly valued and I do think sometimes older people get dismissed and that makes me sad so I do want to catch myself when I am you know in the group of people where there are you know younger people that I don't want to be that person that says oh when you get to my age oh that's gonna change yeah <laughs> you know? I, th- I do think that that's changing a bit versus 20 years ago, I think it's a lot more widely accepted that you would be getting pregnant in your late Mm. 30s or into your 40s. Mm. um, Or that, you know, maybe you're going back to get a college degree and you're in your 20s or your 30s. Like, I I do think that that's a little more widely, it's more common, I guess. Um, Or people are just more comfortable talking about it, maybe. So we hear about it more. But I guess I will say that I was trying to think of times where I've been hanging out with people and I do notice my age. And I guess there are moments when, for example, if I hang out with someone a lot younger than me, I'll think like, oh, look at her. She has no crow's feet at all. Like, <laughs> or it's a, it's a total comparison thing, which I really try not to do. And I'm starting to get quite a bit of gray hair now. Yeah. And I, I dyed my hair for a really long time when I was younger, when I didn't need to. <laughs> and now that I guess, uh, according to how you feel about it, like I do kind of need to, if I don't want to have gray hair, yeah. which I don't really want to have gray hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's the kind of thing too, where sometimes I'll be getting ready and I'll be blow drying my hair and I'll be like, Oh man, got to figure out a style that kind of tucks those guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Definitely gray hairs are one of those things that, I go, I suppose can make you feel old. I remember I started dyeing my hair when I turned 40. I remember it was the year that I turned 40 because up until that point, if I did have some gray hairs, I think I suppose, I suppose like I got, yeah, my gray is a little bit later, but I would pluck them out. Mm-hmm. Contrary to what everyone says, don't pluck them out. You know, whatever Same. seven will come. To oh yeah. <laughs> right? I, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I used to do that and it was fine. I did that for years until it was like, okay, there's way too many. And, um, and I remember that year cause I had always kept my hair natural 
I remember thinking, oh, do I want to start dyeing them because I want to cover those greys? Because what does that say about me? That, that, that says that basically I'm acknowledging now that this is a sign of getting old and I want to cover that up. And I honestly remember kind of debating for a while going, oh, no, hold off, hold off, don't be what – and I was like, well, you know what, I actually do want to cover them. I would feel better if they weren't there. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been now dyeing my hair to cover those greys for um, yeah, three years now. Um, which – and then because it, it, I remember thinking, well, how come it's okay for men to have that salt and pepper look? Like what, why is it so cool for men to go salt and pepper, right? And for a woman, it's like, no, you got to cover them up. That's a whole other discussion. But that is definitely, I suppose, yeah a sign of like, okay, maybe now I am getting older. Well, I totally had that exact same debate. I'm like, why am I trying to hide who I am? And like all, (laughs) but then at the end of the day, I was like, I don't want gray hair. (laughs) That's who I am. (laughs) And I will say I've seen women with gray hair who I think have absolutely gorgeous hair, but the difference between where I'm at right now is my gray hairs are so random and my hair is dark. So when I have like a patch of gray hair, it does not look like a gorgeous head of gray hair. If all my hair turned gray at once, I might consider rocking it. I'd be like, all right, let's do this. Right. But it's like the little patches here and there that I'm kind of like, I don't really like that. (laughs) Does your mom dye her hair or is it? Yes, she does. Yep, okay. and and my mom is actually one of those people who would just have a head full of beautiful gray hair. My mm-hmm. aunt, her sister, does. Mm-hmm. She's got beautiful hair, and it's gray, and she rocks it, and I love it. My mom really loves being blonde. That's <laughs> so, funny because my mom's my mom was like an is is a natural blonde, but now her now she rocks that full gray head head of hair. Um, and I remember that she. Dyed, she would obviously dye her hair blonde. And I remember the day that she stopped and she stopped when she was in her sixties. And then she accepted the fact that, you know what? Okay. I'm going to rock this full, you know, head of gray hair. It looks great. It was coming, it was kind of becoming a little bit more on trend too. You would actually see, um, you know, more women, this, this beautiful kind of silvery hair. And I was like thinking, why did she stop at that time like was there something that said okay I'm gonna stop trying now Mm. like or maybe I wonder if it's like a new level of comfort maybe yeah yeah that's a good point because I think the older you get you do start to feel more comfortable in many ways yeah like there are certain things that I used to like really worry about when I was 20 where now I'm like it's really not a big deal yeah (laughs) That's a good point. So I wonder if it is just, you know, like the maybe it's a confidence thing. Yeah. You know? Because having said that, like if I think about my mom having stopped dyeing her hair, she hasn't, it's not like she stopped taking care of herself and doesn't care about looking good. Yeah. Which is, I think, mm-hmm. one of those other things too that that are different, right? You can still, you can still accept getting older. You can still be comfortable and you can still be co- confident and not worry about the fact that oh now I'm getting older but it doesn't mean you stop like taking care of yourself or wanting to still look good it's just that that looking good is a different version it's now okay I'm going to rock the gray hair but I'm still going to take care of like um you know like for example my mom doesn't dress old Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another interesting thing. Like, do you oh, change yes. the way you dress the older you get, right? She doesn't dress like a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, they have her, there's no grandma vibes, right? Um, which is interesting. Like, she'll still wear jeans and she'll, she'll actually still get comments about the way she dresses because she still cares about um, not, you know, taking care of herself and looking good and feeling good, but she's accepted the fact that, okay, I don't have to cover my hair, gray hairs anymore. That's cool. Mm. So I think there is that distinction too, that you can still age and um, feel confident, feel great, but it doesn't mean you stop trying to like feel good and, and, you know, be healthy and maybe watch your weight or whatever, all of those things. Yeah, I definitely agree. I do feel like clothing and the way that you dress, I mean, I certainly think it evolves, right? Um, and there are <laughs> there are certain stores that are maybe, they cater to different audiences and um, as they should, good businesses do cater to specific audiences. But I think the m- most important part when it comes to just the way that we dress as individuals is that that is, you know, how we feel most comfortable. And it's the vibe and the persona that we want to give off. I mean, I know that I have certainly dressed different over the years. I mean, when I was 20, I was wearing a different style than I wear now. Some of that is just purely that times have changed and that styles have changed and there seems to be this cycle of, I don't know, however many, every 10 years or something like things start to come back in. But, you know, regardless of what's cool and what's not cool and what's being driven by the media or whatever else, styles that famous people are wearing, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think the most important thing is just what do you feel great in? What makes you feel confident and and uh, comfortable? I'm, all, I'm such a comfort person. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I... I think that's awesome that your mom has just, it sounds like she's just really comfortable in her style and in her own skin. And that is an amazing place to be. Yeah. I just think it's, it's important. I don't know. I feel like it's important that again, I just, I just look to my mom in this, in this regard, because there's one of those things where I just felt like she hasn't, as she's gotten older, she hasn't deliberately um, dressed in a, in a way that makes her look older or feel older or just she's just dressed the way she feels comfortable and, the, and chosen the things that she likes to wear. And she doesn't look ridiculous. I mean, you know, um, she doesn't dress inappropriately, but she just doesn't dress like an old person. And I feel like that, that's it's good to be mindful of that, to feel like you don't have to, yeah, subscribe to some sort of, age appropriate way of dressing but there's always these reminders like I went to get this really bothered me I remember when I went to get my eyes tested you know you get your eyes tested every like two years or whatever or a year it was like yeah two years had passed and I and it was the year that I was turning 40 and it's funny because I only wear glasses for like long distance right it's not a huge prescription but just when I'm driving or movies or whatever and, and my prescription's been the same for, honestly, like 20 years. It started like when I was at uni and then, yeah, it's been the same. And I remember going 
to the optometrist and he looked at my card and I was just about to get, you know, um, to do the, the test. And he's like, oh, I see that this is a milestone year for you. And I'm like, what? it took me a second to realize, oh yeah, yeah, I'm turning 40 this year. Okay, whatever. And he's like, well, you know, so your prescription has been the same, but what happens generally after 40 is that, um, you know, you get more nearsighted or whatever. And I'm like, all right, how about we just do the yeah. test and see like where my eyesight is at before we make any judgments and assumptions as to what is going to happen. Um, like for example, Omar is 40 and he does not wear glasses. He does not need glasses. So I, I remember just being so bothered by that because again, it was this, this marker of like, oh, now that you're this age, right. this is going to happen. And it's the same thing with, I suppose, when you're talking about pregnancy, right? Now that you're this age, this is going to happen. And I get it okay, that there's obviously medical foundations and, you know, I understand that, right? Like if you take a large sample of population, if they're over 40, maybe they need glasses, whatever. But I was just like, you don't have to do that until, yeah. like, you don't have to say that. There's a huge it's difference between to say that. Like being aware of it and like prescribing it before right. it even needs to be prescribed. <laughs> exactly. That really bothered yeah. me. Mm. What, what would you say, so... I know we've talked about our our moms a couple of times mm-hmm. and I feel like over the past, I think part of this maybe has to do with the fact that I've always lived close to my parents. Therefore, I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with them on a very regular basis. Um, but since we've moved to Puerto Rico, I still get to see my parents a lot, at least I'd say three to four times a year for at least mm-hmm. a week or two weeks, sometimes even a month. My parents usually come down and stay with us for a month every April, which is amazing. But so I don't know if it's because of the time that I've had away or and that's what, you know, exemplifies it or if it just truly is part of the aging process. But little things like going for a hike and and before it was like my mom and dad are doing whatever hike I'm doing and now that's not necessarily the case anymore or you know different activities like going to the waterfall or or you know whatever we might be doing here in Puerto Rico just as like random examples and that's been like that's been tougher on me than I had expected and I, I'm not really sure that I had even expected it. It just kind of like felt like it happened. Mm. Have you had like, are, do you experience that at all? I know now it's kind of the opposite for you. You were away from your mom for a long time mm. and now you see her quite often. Um, but have you felt that at all? So you're saying that you never noticed your parents aging until more recently, or until certain things that, that you took for granted or that you always thought, oh, they can do that. They can go on that long hike. We, you know, that's fine. And then yeah. now when you suddenly see them slowing down or not being able to do certain things, you're aware that they're now aging and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's definitely something that I've noticed with my mom. Um, her slowing down more recently. One of the funny things is that she's been quite remarkable in the sense that she was always, she's always been actually very kind of youthful, sprightly, much more than most people would not age her, you know, her given age. So your mom's a whippersnapper. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of been a constant in my life with her. Like she's it's ironic because she's older. Like she had me at 36, but people always assumed that she was much younger. 
And, um, you know, the running joke was that she always said that she was 35. And my brother said, don't you remember mum would always say that she's 35? It's like, well, she can't be 35 because we're now 10 and whatever, 13. She can't be. <laughs> <laughs> so, but because she looked a lot younger, she kind of carried this like, okay, I'm, I'm still 35, which is okay. Context of her time and upbringing, whatever. But, and, and that was kind of you know, until like even into her 60s, she was still very energetic. She would, I mean, she came to visit us when we were living in New York. Her, my brother and her came to visit us. My brother made her walk 50 blocks. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. This, this was like, yeah, eight years ago, right? So she's almost 70 and she walked 50 blocks in New York. She was exhausted by the end of it, as you would be. Um, but I think... You know, and since I've came back, I came back to Australia in 2016, I have noticed her slowing down. Um, and it, I think it was a little bit shocking in the beginning or not shocking, but hard to deal with. But I think, um, you know, those, you know, now that I do spend more time, I think when you spend more time, those changes are gradual. I think when you're, yeah. you know, like you're saying now that, you know, you know, you do see your parents often enough, but those times are maybe there's more time that passes in between. So those changes are going to be more noticeable. I think when there's distance, mm-hmm. um, I think my mom up until the time, even while I was away for like 12 years, I felt like she was the same person. But now that I'm spending more time with her, I do notice those changes. Um, it is hard. I just think too, I feel like I worry about my parents mm-hmm. and I'm like thinking about, you know, sometimes I, I am like, no, you like, don't do that. You guys need to like, <laughs> start thinking about this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, this is like kind of like a weird role reversal where I feel like I'm like trying to tell my parents what to do, which I, I I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just, a, it's a, uh, it feels like a different relationship that I hadn't anticipated or prepared for, I guess, is mm. what it what it really comes down to. So now I mean just navigating that is has been tough. But I mean my parents are amazing and incredibly supportive. I love spending time with them and it just it makes me really grateful for the time that I do get to spend with them. Mm. And all the all the trips and the things that we have taken already are just, you know, that much more special. Um, I think that happens. Yeah. yeah. As you get older, I do think like, even though like you know, we said, we don't feel old, but that appreciation that comes as you get older and you do start to realize, cause you do start to see aging parents. So you kind of see like, Oh, okay. Things, there's an expiration date, you know, or mm. things are not, a constant they're not always going to be the same so it does change the way you appreciate or spend time with them and you're more mindful of it I know that happened to me very clearly being away for like 12 years um and then my dad passing when I was overseas you know and that was pretty much a reason to come back to Australia because I was like well if I'm going to be abroad and my you know one of my parents is going to pass you know I don't want that to happen again so definitely having come back, I am more appreciative of, you know, that time that I spend with my mom, even though she's fine, you know, knock on wood, she's healthy. Um, it definitely, those instances, those situations um, make you kind of, yeah, appreciate 
the time you have and make and force you to have um maybe to do different things like i decided okay i don't want to live overseas anymore i do want to be closer to home so it does impact your decisions knowing that oh things are going to end things are going to change which i think when you're you know in your 20s maybe even your 30s you don't think about that at all yeah yeah your perspective and your responsibilities become so much different or i don't want to say uh, when I say responsibilities, I just, I mean, chosen responsibilities, not like feeling like you have to do something, but feeling like you want to be there in a different way. And yeah, that has, I mean, that's been another thing as being in Puerto Rico and being far from my family has also, it's, it's made me be super intentional and conscious of the time that I do spend to go back home or whenever they want to come down here to have them come down here and stay with us. Cause you know, I, I know that we won't always have that time. Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you made me think of a book that I read not too long ago. Um, the title is a little bit, it's uh, You're Gonna Die. Stay with me. You're going to die <laughs> a framework for happiness um, by Neville Medora. And he's a great copywriter. And Omar was reading this book. And when I saw the book, I was like, oh, my God, that's just such a shocking title. What are you reading? And he's like, no, 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 it's actually really good. It's actually a really positive book. And I was like, okay. And it's a very, very short book. It's like 100 pages. You can read it in an afternoon. Um, and the idea of the behind it is that Neville talks about most people, I suppose, think about life as continuing. You don't actually think about that there's an end date. And contrary to thinking, oh, that's so depressing. Why would I want to think about that? The fact that you realize that there is an end date makes you actually, uh, his premise is that it makes you happier, live better and make better decisions. And he likens it to like a vacation. So say, for example, you're going to go to Paris and you know, you're going to go to Paris for two days. So the the things you might plan in two days are, you know, cramming in all the, the major sites and doing as much as you can in those two days versus if you plan to go to Paris for two months, that vacation is going to look very different and the types of things you plan and, you know, organize for that trip are going to be completely different. So those two vacations will look very different, but really the only difference is the length of time. And so the idea being that, and he talks about how he knows, you know, based on life expectancy, when he's going to die, by having that in mind, he makes his choices um, and he, he makes different choices knowing that, you know, it's, it's all going to end one day, right? Mm-hmm. Which sounds pretty obvious, but I suppose I, I can clearly remember not thinking about that. You just always think like, oh, life is just going to go on, right? Like it's just going to continue. I'll, t- I'll sit in that job that I hate or be in a relationship that maybe is not the best for me because it's just going to go on and on and on. And when you, when you flip it and you go, actually, there is an end, then I, I think you do make different choices. And I think the example that I you know, mentioned with my dad passing, knowing that, oh, wow, that's, that can happen to my mom at some point too. It will happen to my mom. Not can, it will. Then I'm going to come home and I'm going to make sure, sure that I'm closer to her in, you know, for the next foreseeable years. So it's, yeah, I, I think that I think death is absolutely one of those topics that we tend to shy away from because there's a lot of 
I, I mean, it is a known, mm-hmm. but I think when we think about death as a whole, there are a lot of unknowns and different mm-hmm. people have different beliefs about that. And so I do think that it tends to be a non-conversation point. <laughs> yeah, I used to um, hate talking about it. Oh my gosh. Mm. But you know, it's funny that you mentioned that book because it reminds me of this app that John downloaded called We Croak. And this app reminds you five times a day, you get a notification. So you you talk about the title of that book. This app five times a day sends you a notification that says you are going to die. And it's all based on the principles of like, you know, the Buddhists and believing and uh, the Stoics, like what they wrote about so many times is when you remind yourself and are conscious and are, I guess, okay Mm -hmm. with the idea that you are going to die, that gives you your present and it, and it makes you happy. It makes you happier and it makes you enjoy things in a different way. And it it makes you make different choices to your point. Um, when, when we are more aware and appreciate the fact that our time is limited, then we think about spending our time differently than if we just had endless amounts of time and I'm not going to think about death, right? Yeah. Um, and then another, uh, another book. So, so that app, it, it gives you the notification, but then it gives you a beautiful quote about living life to its fullest. Mm-hmm. So there's, it is a very, well, it sounds not so cool that you get a (laughs) notification reminding you you're going to die five times a day. It gives you a quote for, you know, inspiration, motivation of being in the present and being so grateful and expressing gratitude for what we have and the fact that we are living right now. And um, another book that I was reminded of as we're talking about this is the top five regrets of the dying. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that book? Bronnie, yeah, Mm. Bronnie Ware. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yes. And that is, I think, another beautiful, just like really quick summation of it is is she speaks with a bunch of people in nursing homes mm-hmm. who are very close to death and asks them what their regrets are. And then she, re- she writes this book about it, which I think is honestly quite beautiful because what a gift to know from people who have been through their entire lives and the things that they're thinking and feeling, it's absolutely made me think twice about Oh no, I'm not going to do that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but then to think, I don't want to have regrets. I don't want to regret not doing something major in my life because I was worried about what if, or what if it doesn't work, or I have to be in my job because that's what everybody does. It's not what everyone does. You like make your own choices and and you take your own risks and you face challenges and you overcome them. And to think that we wouldn't be just like so grateful in every single moment, no matter our age, no matter, um, you know, the experiences that we've had in spite of the experiences we've had, because I mean, many of life's experiences, all of life, life's experiences shape us for who we are and and they dictate our future and they mold us and and make us better people and and all of these things. And it is kind of crazy to think that we wouldn't just be focused on being present and grateful for our life. Yeah. It took, just took me so, I I feel like it's true. Everyone has different experiences and I feel like as that app, you're going to croak and this book, like 
I only, you know, read this book like a few months ago. And I think up until this point, I had been quite uncomfortable with the idea of death. I almost think it's, like you said, it's such a contradiction and yet it can actually um, reframe your life and serve you in such a, a positive way to actually be conscious of it. And I feel like I came to that really quite late. Like I didn't experience death until as 2016 because I didn't have my grandparents around. So I feel like, yeah, in some ways you're a bit more fortunate as tragic and as sad, as hard as, you know, loss is. Um, it can serve, you know, in a way that can make you more appreciative and yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, in summation, <laughs> in summation, <laughs> bring it home, Kate. <laughs> we are we are all getting older, um, but I do think that a lot of what we've talked about today has kind of, hopefully, it has inspired others to think about age and and to maybe approach it from a different perspective. Of you know, there there are a lot of amazing things in your life regardless of whether whatever types of health challenges you might be going through, which of course there are plenty um, and certainly don't want to brush over that by any means. Um, but I think it is important to talk about this kind of stuff and to, to have friends who we feel like we can discuss like, you know, the struggles of our parents getting older and how that feels and ourselves getting older and, whether or not we dye our hair and, <laughs> you know, the types of activities and, and the health and the wellness and like the fitness side of things and keeping ourselves young and in the ways that we know how and that we are fully, fully equipped to do yeah. in this day and age. Um, so, yeah, I hope that those who are tuning in have picked up a thing or two that uh, you feel you can carry with you today and moving forward. To give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it the most. I loved our conversation today. Um, didn't know where it was going to go, but I really appreciate being able to talk about these things with you. So friends, if you're enjoying our conversations, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening to. It would be really, really appreciated. All right, friends. Until next time. 